1: Welcome back to America's Heroes Group, our roundtable with our sponsor and partner, RHF Ninja Warrior Competition. Today is Saturday, March 4th, 2023. March is Women's History Month. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Clements, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith and our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega Scott's on our Productions. And also shout-out to Leia Kaya doing all things technical in the studio today. Our partner, Darren Jeffries, on the line. He's a founding board member of RHF and also the original course creator-builder for the TV show American Ninja Warrior, which airs on NBC. Our panelist is Sam Barnett. He is a retired U.S. Army sergeant major with 25 years of active duty in special forces, more than 12 combat deployments. RHF co-founder, former president, and currently an RHF board member, and his wife, Kathy Barnett. A military wife, of course, mother, grandmother, woman's mentor, and author of Warrior's Bride, Biblical Strategies to Help Military Spouse Thrive. RHF co-family founder also. Discussion today is military families, and this is a couple with nine kids, so I want to get to that. So how are you doing, Darren? Darren? What's going on today?
0: Oh, Sean, great to hear your voice. Thank you. It's, it's again, an honor. Uh, we're, we're wonderful out here in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's actually sunny and warm.
2: So... <laughs> <laughs> So, yes.
1: so you brought a couple with us again today and they're going to talk about some important stuff which we always get down to. We like to talk about military families and also particularly when it comes to raising a military family. That's so important and such a big issue in the military communities, particularly if you're if you're currently a service member, but even after you get out of the military, the transition part of it is also a challenge a lot of times. So Sam and exactly. Kathy, glad to have you guys on the show. Hey, Sean, This is uh this is Sam. That's great to be here
2: with you and both and uh and Darren as well. So
1: our pleasures, yes, all ours. Having- Kathy,
3: yeah, thank you for having us. We're excited to be
1: here. So, Darren, before we get into your guests you brought with us today, tell us a little bit what's going on with RHF nowadays. What's what's on the on the hot plate right now?
0: Oh, we on the hot plate. We so the, the, the our facility is open twenty four uh, or seven days a week. Not twenty four seven, but seven days a week. Uh, so we're running programs out at Rick's place, uh, weekend programs. Uh, And then the park's open for the families to come out and use the park, you know, the tree houses and all that midweek. And then we do have a shooting event coming up uh, soon. I'm about, I I think, Sam, you may even have some details on that that I don't have in front of me. Uh, We have a shooting event, which is a fundraiser. and We obviously have some great connections with some great shooters. And so it's a great chance for people to fly in and, and, you know, get get a gun behind them and get some instruction, you know, next to them. So. Uh, that that's kind of on our our
2: front burner right now.
1: Wow, that sounds like a lot of fun, Sam. You can tell us more about that.
2: Yeah, I think the details for that shooting event are are being worked out to, at this moment. Uh, but I I would second what Darren says. You know we we want uh, folks to come out, have a great time, get down behind some guns, and and just be a just just have a good time with the folks that will be out there, and and and, and receive some good, solid, safe instruction about uh, how to handle a how to handle a pistol, a rifle. So as those details emerge, we'll get those uh, posted in the appropriate place. But I would everybody, invite everybody to kind of look at the RHF Now website for the details as those come up.
1: So, Kathy and, and Sam, I'm talk to you for a second about your life because you have a lot to teach us and a lot to share with us about how to, to properly really embrace the military family role because a lot of us have to deal with that. A lot of us have gone through that process. So tell us. First of all how did your career speak what were you doing before you met what were your careers before you met actually and and started to raise a family
2: you know I'll jump on that one first and I think uh, this might come to a surpri- as a surprise to a lot of people and Kath and I get a lot of different reactions here but careers before we met uh, were not a thing I met that uh, I met that young lady walking into driver's head driver's education when we when I was uh, 16 and she was 15 wow. we were both in high school and I think I had a you know, a pretty lucrative career at the time going on as a uh, as a food stocker at the lo- local grocery store. <laughs>
1: wow. <laughs> it's true. So <laughs> Kathy, what can you add to that? So what was your first impression when you met when you met Sam?
3: Well, I will tell you, uh, from the beginning, um, when he first asked me out on our very first date, um, when we were just teenagers, he laid out his plan for his future for me. I remember um, asking him, so what do you, what do you want to do? You know, when we're done with high school, what are your plans? We were really just getting to know each other on our first date. And I remember him saying, well, I want to go into the military. I have an idea of, of having a career within the military. And I had no idea what that would look like or how that would look. And I remember my first thought being, well, this will probably be our last date (laughs) because I didn't think I wanted to, 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 uh, Hits
1: my wagon to that. Wow. So, so tell us about the process of raising of nine kids. Because you had nine kids who were in the military. What was that experience like? A brief overview. You know how? You know, I know Sam. You were deployed twelve more than twelve times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I will tell you. I think
2: you can. Uh, I'm going to turn that question over for Cath for a lot of the details there. But I will tell you. You know, but um, that was a lot of prayer, a lot of God's grace there, and a, and a lot of deployments. So a lot of folks asked me specifically, um, you know, how did we pull that off? And the one thing I can tell you is, I, you know, I I, I routinely say this, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I met the uh, the best woman that I've ever even heard of, and uh, and I tried my best, and and I, I won her heart, and uh, we've been married for thirty something years. So, Cass, I guess from your perspective, um, what it, what was it like raising a lot of kids with with me gone so much?
3: Um, well, we—it uh, it was difficult at times. That—that's probably an understatement. Um, it was, in many ways, um, almost as if Sam and I led parallel lives for a number of years. In the beginning, um, we were together more. He was very busy going to, through a lot of different schools. Um, getting his uh, different trainings and and whatnot and and we just started having children right away i I graduated from college and and tried to start a career but babies just kept coming and so um, ended up coming home by the time I was pregnant with with our third child and um, and Sam was just gone a lot uh, just gone a lot and and so it became almost necessary it almost became uh, cost-effective for me to be home as opposed to paying for childcare care for, for more and more and more children. So, I came home to have children and began homeschooling uh, because I was a teacher. Um, that was what my education was for. And uh, so, I came home, decided I would homeschool a couple of years until we were done having children, um, little did I know how many children were going to actually appear <laughs> through the years. Um, and so it just began um, with both of us just trying to, I honestly think, just keeping our heads above water for a while in those early years. We just kept having baby after baby and uh, deployment after deployment. and And you just kind of keep going. Um, It was difficult to say the least, but I learned the best way for me to get through all of that time alone without him was really, truly to find uh, others that Mm -hmm. were going through the same thing. Community became um, really my right and left arm at times to really support me, um, guide us, uh, keep us able to to just get through the hard things when I needed sitters when he was away when kids were sick and uh, when I had babies and and he took off and I needed help with meals um, it was finding other women that were just like me that needed needed support and I needed support and so we we found each other and I can't stress enough um just how how important community became. Um, so I know Sam and I, uh, our faith was very important to us both as well, and that not only allowed us each to do our individual uh, portions of what we felt like the Lord was calling us to do. Uh, for Sam, it was to go and, and go to war often, um, and then for me, it was to stay back and kind of keep raising a family and And just keep our eyes fixed on the purpose of what we were doing, the good of what we were doing, and that not everybody could do it. Um, And kind of coming to that realization that it was really kind of a high calling, um, empowered and encouraged us. I think to to continue forward. Um, And again, I, I can't stress enough how important community uh, became just finding others that that could help us navigate just the day-to-day often that was done so far apart.
1: Sam and Kathy got I got I to gotta give you credit and also thank you for your service because that is not an easy task to raise nine kids to grow together as a family and then on top of that going through some of the most difficult wars in our global history you got the Iraq war you got going on you got the Afghan war going on and you're a combat veteran on top of that so Kathy tell us about your book Warrior's Bride, Biblical Strategies to Help the Military Spouse Thrive. How did you come up with this book, and what is this about, and what is this going to teach us?
3: Um, well, the Lord gave me the idea for this book, um, and Sam gave me the idea for the book. He uh, he came home from a deployment at one point, and I remember him looking at me and saying, Babe, you someday you're going to have to write down everything you've learned, and uh, you really have learned to do this well. And I didn't feel like I had learned to do it well. I felt like I was— like I said a moment ago, sometimes just barely keeping my head above water. But he he really encouraged me. He um, he constantly encouraged me uh, to to press into the good of what we were doing, and and reminded me there was purpose. Um, and I, I think I did the same for him because he too would get frustrated and, and uh, you know wonder why are we doing all this sometimes. Um, but we we did know that uh, this country was worth fighting for, our families were worth fighting for, freedom was worth fighting for, and the sacrifice that he made going to fight I felt like was equally made by our kids and myself as well and by all military families and um uh, so i as as I learned to navigate those years um just more and more just really felt like uh, that needed to be put down. Uh, I ended up co-authoring the book uh, with a very dear friend named Carrie Dawes. Um, shout out to her. She's actually an author of multiple books, um, but she is uh, a U.S. Uh, Air Force wife, retire- um, military uh he was, um, I'm sorry, I'm trying to think, he was retired from, medically retired from the US Air Force. Okay. And we co-authored the book together. We had actually, she was a part of that community I was talking about. She was one of the many wives uh, that came alongside me and I came up alongside her. And the two of us together started a ministry where we were able to uh, kind of come alongside a lot of women that, that found themselves in similar positions to us. So we just started pinning after ministering to you know just hundreds of women, literally, um, realizing this, that we need to we just need to offer help. We need to offer practical help um, to these gals, especially the young ones that were just getting started and felt so overwhelmed about um, just how do you how do you surrender your 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 life ultimately to the U.S. government and for us it was surrendering our life really to the lord and trusting that the the place that, that we were called was intentional and was purposeful and and so really just wrapping wrapping your head around that and posturing yourself in a way that that you could receive the blessing that came from this life rather than focusing on all of the hardships because there's so much joy that can come from being a part of the, of the united states military community it's just a very unique family that um that there's great joy to be found
1: in kath i want to ask you this because you mentioned about faith and how important that was to get you through and help you grow as an individual and also as a family especially through a difficult situation you know being in a military family being a military wife did you have that faith before you got married and did it develop stronger or did you or was it something that you already had a, fa- a strong foundation in how did how did your faith grow through those challenges
3: mm. well it definitely grew um i i know i i uh, i am a christian so i had a relationship with uh jesus christ prior to marrying sam uh, but we were young. You have to realize Sam and I were 18 and 19 years old um, when we got married, um, had our first baby when we were 20 and we were both 20. It was three days before Sam's 21st birthday. Um, and we were so we were babies. I felt like I feel like now looking back, we were babies having babies. But um, but we weren't we were adults and, and we were plugging in. But there was so much we didn't know Um that we thought we knew like most people that are 18 to 20 years old they think they know everything and then we realized very quickly how much we did not know and as we uh, journeyed together in life we both realized if we don't have something bigger than ourselves to look to um, we realized very quickly our love was important, and we did love one another, but it really wasn't going to be enough to hold us together. We really felt like there's got to be something bigger wow. that we can we can anchor ourselves to. And um, both Sam and I love the Lord Jesus Christ, and so we anchored ourselves to Him, and He has kept us intact. Um, it, honestly, at, at times when I think we could have uh, and would have possibly— um, Sunk. (laughs) He has kept us together and kept us um, uh, floating in in some really harsh storms. Um, It is not easy to have any children, but to have nine children and uh, that that was tough. That was tough.
1: I appreciate your honesty, and I think that's so important for people to hear because oftentimes people look at people that have done and accomplished what you've accomplished. I mean, I mean, you have a great military career, Sam. You wrote a book, Kathy but sometimes we have to understand that everybody's human and then we all come from different places. So, but you, you started from one place and grew into another place. You grew a family and grew success. So how do you have that handle that work life balance today? What does that like today? And that's for Sam.
2: Yeah. So, so I will tell you, you know, I get asked a lot about work life balance as, as Kathy and I kind of grew and matured together. And, and as the kids uh, came along, I need everybody to understand maybe, Cat's you know, given you a bit of our story. You know how many years we've been married, but you know we now have a 30-year-old son. We've got uh, seven grandchildren, uh, one on the way, and so now work-life balance. When when we were in the we're in the thick of it, in the uh, in the thick of, you know what was then the global war on terror after September 11th. Um, that was a lot different. Uh, I think you know somebody was asking me uh, not too many uh, days ago. You know what was the work life balance like then? And I will tell you there wasn't a whole lot of uh, work life balance that we could that we could really carve out. You know, and I'll point to I'll to, uh, fast forward from then to now, and it's why we're so thankful for 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 the uh, for Rick's place for the Rick Hiram Foundation and the vision that Josh had as he stood uh, you know RHF up. Um, but uh, work-life balance now, I will tell you, is a, is a, a lot easier. Kath and I have both chosen. Um, we're very deliberate about carving some time out, um, carving some time out for for each other, carving some time out, uh, you know, just for uh, each of us to have separately. That's a little easier to do now. I mean, we uh, we still have some kids at home. Uh, we still have uh, you know you know three to four kids at home at any given time that are still here under our roof. We're not done homeschooling. Um, but uh, you know, I've, I've transitioned on to a co- to a to a job as a contractor for the U.S. government, um, so um, it's a little easier now that the deployments aren't constantly coming and going. Um, you know how that goes. Uh, a lot of people do know how that goes, but um, a little easier now to work carve out that time for ourselves and then for each other. And so we we have to be very deliberate and intentional about that. Does that make sense, Sean?
1: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And then you were also a close friend of Rick Harama. And when he passed, tell us about uh, – give us an idea about who Rick Harama was, what his life was like, what it was like being his friend, and how that brought you to RHF.
2: Sure. So uh, so Rick Harrima, I knew uh, Rick for a, a, a number of months. We were in a very high-performing unit, and I got to see Rick uh, process through kind of the selection process of that, uh, that unit. And I remember seeing him off in the distance as he was uh, – as he was working his way through that, he was a top performer. I will tell you, I got to see him uh, physically perform during that, those, you know, those those events uh, going through the selection process there, and then he became my friend. I was as actually his team leader um, on, and I was his team leader the day uh, that he was killed on April twenty fifth of two thousand six. Um, I will tell you, um, huge heart. Um, um salt of the earth uh wonderful person um way more of a people person than than I ever was or probably ever will be um able to a uh, great sense of humor able to make us all laugh uh also able to when it came down to it just perform at at another level um, and that uh in the in the conditions that we were living in at the time and the things that we were called to do, the things that we had to do um I was so happy to have uh you know Rick right beside me in the in the in the days that uh, days and the months that we were together uh, certainly blessed to have known him as a friend um, and then i I will tell you man uh from the bottom of my heart, certainly blessed to know the hair of my family and, to, and then to call them friends as well. Uh, both Dick and Mary, his mom and dad, Kate and uh, and Jane, um, his his sisters, just great people, solid family. Love those folks uh, with all my heart, and would do anything for them. And it's easy to see where Rick uh, got all those uh, those character traits that he had. Uh, after I got an opportunity to know his family when I got back from the deployment in two thousand six.
1: Then, so how did that lead you to the to the foundation? When did you come up with that idea, and and how did you become a co founder with your wife? How did that all shape up? Tell us about that, Sam.
2: Sure. There was another person here that uh, that figures in really heavily to the story. One of my best friends now, his name's Josh Ware. Um, Josh uh, and Angelina Ware, Josh was actually Rick's best friend, unbeknownst to me. So um, Rick and, uh, and Josh had done a lot of things in the military together. They were best friends here in uh, at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, had a great life going together before Rick came over to, the uh, to the unit that I was in, um, after, uh, and I had never really met Josh up, uh, up until, you know, after Rick was killed and, um, in Iraq, um, I, I then became acquainted with Josh, uh, through our, through fellowship with, uh, you know with the Harrima family, as well as uh, fellowship with uh, you know got introduced with him as a, as a brother in Christ as we were going through mana church, and it was actually uh, Josh's idea to start Rick's place, so Rick's place, that facility, the the, the grounds that we have here uh, near Fort Bragg, North Carolina, for military families to just come out and unwind, Josh had that whole vision, and to be candid with you when he first spoke to me about it, Kath and I went over to uh, to his house. And we kind of sat down, and I and I watched that guy. You know, he's an uh, in, incredibly talented individual with a huge call in his life. Um, I watched that guy eat. You know, I think about a dozen chocolate chip cookies and drink a glass of milk. Uh, could still outperform me physically to this day. <laughs> kind of lay all that out, and I will tell you, it was just it was just much bigger uh, an idea that I that I would have had. But I I certainly you know it caught my heart very much appreciated what josh had in mind he had already he had purchased about 25 acres the first 25 acres that would become rick's place later on um and then um you know i got involved with that uh, still going on deployments and i'll be candid with you there early on kathy was more involved with that and she would go out there and she would cut the grass and she would uh, do a lot of the of the groundskeeping. So we were in at kind of the grassroots level with the, just a few core other families getting things up and running. And then over the years, um, you know, we were able to, uh, you know, tell the story, tell the story of Rick's place, tell the story of the military family to some key people, key people like Darren Jeffries, get him on the board very early on so that he understood, hey, you know, this is what, This is what we are. This is what we're trying to do. This is going to be the culture of the Hirama Foundation overall, and uh, this is what we're trying to achieve, to try to minister those military families who are going through the crucible of a military career with kids and everything else going on in life. We want to give them a place to be able to come in, de-stress, links you know link shoulder to shoulder with other military families get to know each other better have a stage where they could they could get, they could be involved with one another they could grow their relationships on the backdrop of just a beautiful place uh here uh in the neighborhoods in in North Carolina so you know that kind of vision caught my heart and i think it catches a lot of people's heart because they have an understanding that this is a this is not an easy, easy lifestyle that our military veterans have uh have had over the, the you know the, the the past few decades there's a lot of us still going through that and um and i think we uh we owe them a, a debt of gratitude i think we owe them um we owe them um the uh, the, the opportunity to have something like rick's place
1: easily accessible i appreciate mm-hmm. that sergeant i think that's a great comment you made. i mean because yes trade family members and particularly combat people that have been deployed we need places to go to have fun and kind of let your hair down. Mm-hmm. You know, Kathy, do you, how do you have fun at Rick's Place?
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Sam mentioned uh, I've, I've cut a lot of grass out there, and believe it or not, <laughs> um, grass cutting is is therapeutic at times.
1: Therapeutic. For me, anyway. You're the first I'm person to ever nut- say that thinking in military history. <laughs> no,
3: I do. I, I, I tell you what, it is a beautiful Place to go. Um, when when I first stepped out there uh, on the property, I I met Angelina uh, where on the property, and um, one of the first things I saw because it was really just a blank canvas landscape of of grounds that needed. They were overrun in briary, and it literally just needed cleaned up and and hacked down and ready and. And all I could see were there were these giant trees, and I went home and I told Sam, I said, the first thing we have to do, the very first thing we have to do is hang a swing out there for the kids um, from one of those trees. I said, and we need to build a picnic table. And those were the very first things that we did. Um, And just to have a place where somebody could go with their kids and swing and play and throw a Frisbee and have a picnic and... Um, and literally in the middle of, of a city, we, we have, we have now over, you know, 50 acres out there, um, at this point. And there are red-tailed hawks that fly. Um, I've seen a fox on the property and rabbits and beautiful animals, that um, it's, it's really just an amazing place to go with your kids and let them get dirty, um, let them play and just let them run. And as a family, um in those moments when when you are trying to reintegrate post deployment it is so important to have space to just go that doesn't cost money that's not far away that you don't have to do a huge planning for you can just load up your family and go and and enjoy being together outside it is incredibly healing for yeah, families think-
1: Kathy it's and really Sam Barnett, yeah. appreciate your time. You gave us a lot of information. Also, we definitely get out to Rick's place. I got to see you out there one day. And also, I'm really interested in this shooting contest coming up, this shooting event coming up. Darren Jeffrey, a founding board member of RHF and also the original course creator, been building for the TV show American Ninja Warrior, which airs on NBC. And he brought us two great people, husband and wife, Sam Barnett and Kathy Barnett. <laughs> Military families. This is all about America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back.